And I think to be a great personal trainer, not a good one, there are plenty of good ones, but to be a great personal trainer, you have to love people because for us, it's not a job, it's a mission. It's an adventure much larger than ourselves. What's going on, friends? It's Coach Joseph, and welcome to episode 20 of the Mindfully Resilient Podcast. That's right, you heard me. Episode 20, 2-0. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. 20 episodes. 20 episodes of resilience, of inspiration, hope, strength, helping people get after their goals, getting after their fitness goals, being better versions of themselves, finding a belief, a renewed belief in themselves, squashing limiting beliefs. 20 episodes. Wow. Something worth celebrating, I tell you that for sure. I mean, even last week, I had an old college friend message me on Facebook congratulating me on approaching episode 20. By the way, this friend, our last message on Facebook was 2008. So for him to message me, to congratulate me for hitting this milestone, it means I made an impact. I impacted at least one life, one person. And I feel honored. I feel so amazing. And you know what? We're going to make this episode a special episode, a very special episode, because I have a very special guest today. My guest I met at the CanFit Pro Conference back in 2015 in Toronto. I was a social media volunteer where I was going around from workshop to workshop, just capturing some photos and posting them on Instagram and Twitter. And I was assigned to one of his workshops. And I actually stuck around a little longer than I, I was assigned to. And let me just say, I'm glad I did because his positivity, his energy was magnetic. And I got a lot of great bits of wisdom when it comes to fitness, when it comes to training people. He's the coach who coaches beyond the reps. You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. You know, not just counting one, two, three, but he creates a deeper connection with his students, with his clients. And that's what makes a great coach. So, since that day, we've stayed connected, and a lot of his exercises that he posts on social media have, have been an influence on my workout programs for my clients and for myself. You know, he, we talk about a non-linear approach to exercise, and it changes the whole game and actually makes the workouts a little more fun. You know, his methods of training have been utilized by Hollywood's top celebrities and UFC fighters, both in front and behind the camera. He has appeared in major magazines and television programs, spreading the word on his unique health and fitness methods. He's been an instrumental part of some of the highest profile fitness stories of the past decade, including Big Time Rush, Ethan Suple, Kirstie Alley, Michelle Branch, Big John McCarthy, Max Martini, and Rachel Crow. So it is my honor to introduce my special guest today for episode 20 of the Mindfully Resilient Podcast, Eric Fleischman, also known as Eric the Trainer. Yes, Eric the Trainer joins me today on the Mindfully Resilient Podcast, and we had an amazing conversation. We talk fitness, we talk how we pivoted amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. We talk about life, we talk about resilience, stories of resilience and growth and taking challenges and turning them into opportunities. You're definitely going to love this episode. You're going to have a great time. You're going to smile. You're going to laugh. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Eric the Trainer. Thank you once again for joining me, being a guest on, on, my, on, the, on the podcast. I love it. You know what? I've, I think we met in... 2015, roughly, at the CanFit Pro Conference in Toronto. Unofficially, I was one of those guys who was volunteering. I was volunteering as social media, and I walked into one of your sessions. I was actually assigned to your session to take some notes and tweet some stuff out. And I just absorbed a lot of things from that session. Even though I didn't intend it, I, I attended, I wanted to be a part of it. So I stayed right. longer on purpose. And you know what? Since then, your energy just 
engaging with the delegates, the people there, the, the fitness coaches, the personal trainers, the, the, the fitness enthusiasts, it was just, you know, it was amazing. And I, I took that as an example for myself and how I train my other, my, uh, my clients, my athletes. And, and it's been, it's like that since then. And I remember one thing, a couple of things you said that session, there was one thing and I always use it. And I quoted you in a previous podcast about uh, fitness, but I also attributed it to life mm-hmm. where you said fit, fitness is like a meandering path in the jungle. If you step off of it, it's getting on that's most important or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but it's something that stuck with me. And uh, I use it in life because, you know, life is that meandering path. Right. And we've got to remember our goals. You know, how many times we have clients who tell us, oh, I ate, I had a, a Reese's peanut butter cup. Right. And they're like, okay, don't worry, but get back on it. Get back on it. And it's just, that was used as an example. And there's a couple of things too. And since then, um, your social media videos, a lot of my training has become, has, has been influenced by what you teach out there. And uh, some one, by the way, and for those listening right now, you, you won't be able to see me, but I'm doing a tornado movement with my hands where you take two dumbbells and you kind of do this movement where you open up, I call it the tornado fly. And yeah, it's just like, guess that. And you, you kind of, um, shine the light on the three-dimensional aspect of muscle training. And I've been using that. So a lot of my clients, when you'd see like a new exercise, I'm like, and they would be asking me, did you watch another Eric the Trainer video? And I just look at them and nod. And that's it's awesome, true. Well, Joseph, coming from you, that's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I kind of see you and I very similar in our personalities and our mission. And that's why I was always drawn to you. You know, I think you and I have a lot of things in common. I think we both love people. And I think to be a great personal trainer, not a good one, there are plenty of good ones, but to be a great personal trainer, you have to love people because for us, it's not a job, it's a mission. It's an adventure much larger than ourselves. Like you said, you know, the world of exercise is like the Amazon jungle. It's a dense, vast piece of property where if you wander around, you can, you can fall, you can hurt yourself, you can get bit by a snake or eaten by a lion. But if you have a guide through that Amazon jungle, like Joseph or like me, you can actually enjoy all of the beauty and majesty and glean things from that jungle that will enhance your life forever. So I think it's, it's very exciting. But, but Joseph, I think you were getting at the, the notion of linear versus nonlinear exercise, meaning so much of traditional bodybuilding is linear. Here's a shoulder press. That's linear. Here's a bicep curl. That's linear. Everything is linear. However, with a martial arts background like I have, I'm very much into cutting the angles and having nonlinear. So if I start with one hand underneath the arm and the other one out, and I make a circle, and then I come to the other side, and now my opposite hand is underneath, this is a nonlinear movement. And even if you use light weights and hold them here, pretending there's a string between them, and that string must stay tight you suddenly are asking your body to make a non-linear movement, which will disguise your bodybuilding stuff. And people will look at you and say, like, how did that happen? Were you born that way? Were you, did, did you climb ropes to get that way? Have you, have you crawled on your hands to the desert? The answer is no. I trained with Joseph in Canada. <laughs> Influenced by Eric the Trainer. That's what happened. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you something right now. So I've been doing uh, uh, the Sleek Ninja program with you. And... People are hating the hydrants. They're hating the hydrants right now. And, you know, it, it, I feel it. I feel it. And it works. And so just here's my question to you right now. You now, we talked about how we, it's about the people. We want to lead. We want to uh, inspire and empower mm-hmm. the people we touch, we come into contact with. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, during COVID, we're still touching. We're still touching souls, right? Yes. You know, we want to leave. We want to empower, inspire them. Who is Eric the trainer beyond the business card? What is your why, your purpose? I ask this question to everybody because when you understand that, when you know it, you know where they're coming from. And well, to answer that, Joseph, to answer, to answer that accurately, you have to understand that in my line of work, for whatever the reason, this was not planned, but for whatever the reason, there is a dual persona. There is Eric, the trainer, the fitness expert that lives here in Hollywood that works with celebrities and can jump over buildings. And then there's Eric Fleischman, 
the guy that grew up in Maine on a farm who is a normal guy who loves comic books and action heroes and plays guitar for fun and uh, in his, lives a normal life. And so for me at this, at this phase of my career, I've been a trainer for almost 30 years. That's a long time to work in one field. And I love it so much. It's the greatest. But my, my daily life now is living with my beautiful fiance, Alicia, and enjoying life as Eric Fleischman. But then when I go to work, it's Eric the trainer. And that's a different guy. Eric the trainer has no limitations. Eric Fleischman stubs his toe sometimes and it hurts like crazy. So it's, there is a, a slight difference. So uh, professionally, I'm on a mission that was started by Jack LaLanne back in the 50s, where he wanted to help normal people live extraordinary lives. And he worked his entire life through television, through products, through live events, and helping people. When I met him and he became an influence on me, he was already well into his 90s, okay? Mm -hmm. I only knew him for a few years before he passed away. And he might have left this earth, you know, from a physical standpoint, but he lives in my heart every single day. So when I wake up, I know that I'm on the same mission that he started to help normal people feel extraordinary. The easiest way for guys like you and I, Joseph, to help normal people is to actually create megaphones that get our message out there, whether it's like this podcast or a TV show or all the celebrities that I work with here in Hollywood, they are clients of mine, but you know what they really are? They're megaphones for all of the mission that we're trying to do because those people are the most watched people on the planet. And when they start talking about, oh yeah, I started eating this way, I started exercising, Eric made me go to bed early, and I really felt such a difference they're educating and inspiring millions of people with the message that we have. It's not about me. I mean, I'm, I don't consider myself to be an egotistical guy. It's not about me. It's about the mission. And these people help me so much get the word out there. It's really a nice place to live. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I see it. And, you know, we create as coaches, you know, we have to, we have our focus, you know, we have our clients, we're working with our athletes uh, and, we have that moment, but then at the same time, once it's all done, we've created a ripple effect. I, I, you know, I, I have stories. I'm sure you as well have tons of them in your vast experience as a, a fitness professional, where they come back to you and say, "Yeah, I just told, I just told my my wife or my my husband, my sister, brother, friend something, and they did something, and then it ripples on." and it, it may be, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to be an actor to be on. You don't have to be on a silver screen. You could be just a regular you know, a person or a person like walking the streets and already impacting somebody. Right. I can tell you a great story. One day I was in the gym and I got a call that my 11 o'clock client had to cancel, which is fine because it actually gives me an hour to relax, have a little lunch, maybe have a little workout myself. So I was excited just to have that free hour. An older woman came in and she looked like a little, she, I, she didn't look kooky, but she didn't look uh, totally with it. She, she seemed a little out of it. And she, she said, is, is there a trainer here? Is there, is there a trainer here that can help me? And I, I thought, you know, this is a moment. This is a moment that I can either accept or reject. So I said, I am a trainer and I am free. How can I help you? And she said, you know, I've, I've been having trouble stepping off the curb in front of my house to get my mail. And I wanted some exercises, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no problem. I mean, I didn't know who this woman was. I brought her around. I treated her like a superstar. I really uh, tried to explain things in a very quiet and thoughtful way to sort of come to a place of communication, but, you know, for her, because her, she wasn't sort she wasn't a high toned individual. She was kind of a quiet, shy, older individual. And so I tried to connect her with her that way. We actually had a great 45 minute session together. And afterwards she reached into her purse to give me some money. And I said, no way, I am not accepting money because I had such a great time with a fantastic girl. So I called her a girl. Anyway, she thought that was great. I forgot about this. I forgot about this experience. Three months later, I'm at the night before party at the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's the night before the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And every star in the world is there. And I'm lucky enough to have an invitation, so I'm there. And I feel like, I feel like I'm in a Vanity Fair magazine. Like, I'm the only normal guy with all these amazing celebrities. It was a fun party to be at. Suddenly, there was a little tap on my shoulder. I turned around. There's George Clooney. And he said... That woman was my aunt, and you really made a great impression on her, and I wanted to thank you. And we started spending time together, and it, you just never know. You just never know who anyone is in the world, and so you can't be selective with being professional mm -hmm. with these guys, not caring about these guys. If you're truly on a mission like me and Joseph, like you also, 
you need to embrace the world. You need to help everyone. You need to set a standard for yourself of excellence. How you do one thing is how you do everything. You have to live by that creed. And that's what I try to do. And that's what Joseph does too, which is why he's one of my favorite Canadians. Yes. (laughs) Well, one of, please note one of, because just in case Nickelback is listening. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, you know, Jason Priestley, we work with Jason Priestley. He's Mm. one of your top actors. We will, we work with who else? Uh, Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes works out at our gym. We've got a lot of great Canadians, man. I, I think we might steal just the best part of Canada and keep it for ourselves in Hollywood. Okay, I'll just come over, <laughs> pack up my bags. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's on my bucket list. All like the visiting the Mecca, ETT Mecca. Yeah, well, would be- you are, I'm telling you in a public forum, you are cordially invited, Joseph. If you called me today and said, hey, I just bought a plane ticket, I'm coming to Los Angeles, you would have a great time because we'd have big workouts and we'd have fun and you're welcome to come anytime. That's awesome. But, you know, I could see that happening and I, I meet up with you, go for a good workout, workout while my wife goes off to CBS Studios to try to get her dream job as a cast member of The Young and the Restless. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, no, you know, that's, it's amazing because, you know, like I, even at Starbucks, you go to Starbucks, you talk about um, fitness and how to be a better version of yourself or even talk about mindset because that's what I do as well. As I'm a mindset coach. So I go, I coach beyond the rep. And I think a lot of coaches have to do that. Now, it would be not have to, but there should be a, they need to have a desire, a desire and the drive to do that because it just amplifies the game a lot more. And you reach, you reach people and you connect at a deeper level. And sometimes I'd be, I'll tell you this right now. So I was on a uh, tech support call with my, uh, my internet service provider. This is a couple of months ago. Problem solved in 10 minutes. But because of my past experience, I used to be in IT. I used to be an IT, an IT business analyst doing personal training part-time. But I had all this experience. And this person I was talking to what was, wanted something more than what she was doing now. So I actually coached her into career growth and talk, talking to her manager and see what, how, if she can shadow another team. And I, knew, I know companies like that will encourage employees to seek growth. And it was just, it's just fun, you know? So when you preach it every day, it's a passion. It doesn't feel like a job and it comes out naturally. Like you and I can go on for more than an hour here, just talking talking about stories or just getting a, uh, how was that? A coach to coach, a peer to peer, friend to friend type of conversation where we just inspire each other. And how can we inspire others? Right, well, Joseph, I think you bring up a very, very important point for all of your listeners. And that is that, you need to, as a coach or as a trainer, have a level of, of living and a level of mood and a lo- level of what they call tone that's higher than average in order to be successful. Um, a lot of trainers who are highly qualified from an academic standpoint find that they can't build or maintain a clientele, and it comes down to what they put out there, that sort of positive energy. But I think that if you are someone who sees themselves like me and like Joseph on a mission then that's reflected from your heart outwards. And people can sense that. People are smarter than you think. Even people that are not scholastically trained, people that haven't gone to college or even dropped out of high school, they can sense authenticity. So if you're on a mission to help them and they can sense that, then you can get a lot accomplished. If you come to them highly qualified, but low energy, low toned, uh, not that positive, they're not going to want to be around you. People are focused and drawn to mm-hmm. energy. And if that energy is positive, you can't lose, my friend. Boom. That's it. That, that's, what, that's what I keep on talking about. Um, recently, I came up with a list of my five, five principles of resilience. And one of them is create your choir. You want to surround yourself with those who make your soul sing and surround yourself with those who will allow you to make their soul sing in return. And that's, I find when you surround yourself with positive energy, uh, you, you're just, you know, first of all, you're drawn to the positive energy, but when you surround yourself, you create that positive energy yourself and amplify it further. And, and, and that's it. We just got to stay on our game and, you know, we're allowed to have our moments, you know, where we just feel like, you know, blah, but when it's showtime, it's showtime. Sometimes I'll look at myself in the mirror and I actually do this. It's like trying to like, yeah, like I'm, I'm swiping. By the way, for those who are listening right now, not watching, because we are. This will also be on YouTube. But 
I'm actually putting my hand in front of my face, <laughs> transitioning from serious smile to serious face to smile face. And, you know, but it's, it's and you actually bring up a you know, great point, a great thing here uh, with your programming right now. Um, I'm going to skip to the uh, like the, to the meat of it because I have a lot of questions and, you know, I love how this conversation is going. But I want to go into the way, you know, we created something called fitness entertainment. Right. You know, with the program. So since the beginning of the pandemic of you know the COVID-19 pandemic, you've been doing a lot of uh, free sessions uh, on Zoom. And now that's changing up a little bit. Now you have creating a program called Morning Glory Live uh, yes. starting uh, June 8th. That's tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it looks fantastic. And you have these guests. And I'm, I, t- I tell you, like, I've seen so many, uh, like, you, I, first of all, amazing workouts. And you've created this community. You've created Thank this you. community of people and you don't feel different. You don't feel different. Like I'm on there. I see, you know, who I was on with Echo Smith and Drake Murphy and, and you know, t- tomorrow. So by the way, time of recording, we're June 7th right now, friends. Tomorrow, June 8th, the first guest is Neil Brown Jr. By the way, he is one of like he's on my favorite show, my favorite show, SEAL Team. And to see the training and if, you know, like the workouts, and I'm always trying to picture like, what kind of workouts are they going through, you know, to, to get like that build to be like a, a, to be the equivalent of a Navy SEAL. Right. And it's just, it's amazing, but we don't see that difference, you know, like, it's just like everybody's working out and you've had a lot of people as well lead the warmups and we're just all sweating together. And, and, uh, you know, so I, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing what you've done. And, uh, now, how did this come about? Like, how did you, you know, you just come into this work and you just, you created this environment. Tell me more about what went through your mind when all this happened. Sure. Now, Joseph, you have to understand if you had asked me four, five or six months ago, Hey, Eric, do you want to do some online training? I would say, no, thank you, please. <laughs> no. It's not that it's bad. It's just, I have no interest. I mean, for me, online training was up there with, with knitting. Like I know that people knit, but I don't have a big interest in being a pro knitter. But then COVID hit and suddenly all the gyms were closed. I'm more, I'm more of a brick and mortar trainer. I love to work directly with people, but I mm. did not have the opportunity to do that because the gyms were closed. So I suddenly found myself sitting here at home thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to do now? And I started getting phone calls from different clients saying, you know what, Eric, it's been a few days. And it's not the workout that we miss. We miss you. We miss our our friends at the gym. We miss the community that we have and the camaraderie and the jokes and the the friendship and the discussion that we have. We miss the gym. Can you please host a workout? Not for the workout, but can you host it so we can see each other? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So the first day, we actually did it not on Zoom, but on FaceTime. We had seven people, seven. Ow. And, uh, And it was a lot of fun. I said, tell your friends, we'll do it again. We switched it over to Zoom. Day two, we had 24 people. Day three, we had 56 people. Day five, we had over 100, and it just kept on growing and growing into the hundreds, then the mm. thousands. I think I trained my 4,000th person about two weeks ago. Uh, people, many of whom I don't know, but they just sort of joined. So I, I, I made a vow to myself. And this, Joseph, this is a good example of the guys like you and I where we put our money where our mouth is. As soon as COVID hit and I started training people online and they were asking how much it would be, I said, you know what? During this crisis, I don't know how long it's gonna last. It might last one week. It might last up to three or four weeks, never knowing it would take over three months. (laughs) I said, you know what? During this time, I'm gonna give my number one skill set to the world for free. I'm gonna train everyone for free because it's my responsibility. I wanna be a leader and I'm gonna step up and lead. So as soon as we started getting into the hundreds, I thought, wow, I've never dealt with groups this large before. I'm not a group fitness instructor. I'm more of a one-on-one guy or two-on-one or even three-on-one, but not like 300-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to raise the entertainment aspect of the call so that people would come on because they were getting a workout, but they were feeling sad. And you know, it's one thing if you're one-on-one with someone to try to cheer them up. But when you have two or 300 people all at the same time, from ages two or three years old, little kids, all the way up to people in their 80s who are there every day working out with us, it's hard to find a common topic to discuss. 
that that two-year-olds and 80-year-olds find uh, compelling. So the first step was actually creating some little puppets that would say uh, slightly outrageous things. They would make the kids go crazy. They would make the adults chuckle. And then we started booking celebrity guests. Now, the one advantage I have as a trainer that's different than any other trainer in the world is I have a Rolodex unlike any other. I literally have hundreds and hundreds of celebrities' cell phone numbers in my phone because I deal with them all the time. And so I called them and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm trying to help the world. Will you join me? And everybody said yes. And so fitness entertainment was born. It was my attempt to take a legit workout, a real workout over an hour's time on a daily basis, six days a week, sometimes three times a day, and add in an entertainment aspect so afterwards they would be engendered in their heart, in their soul, and their bodies. It was cool. And it creates a great experience. And then, you know, you, you get that word of mouth because you add that, that flair to it. And people like, you got to sign up. You got to sign up. And, you know, I, I was talking, you know, obviously for me, things are a little tight, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in and, you know, I'm going to be there tomorrow. I'm going to be there tomorrow because, um, you know, what? I see it as an education as well for myself. Um, awesome. Because, you know, and by the way, I started counting in the same way because I found it easier as well to teach online. I found that an easier way of, you know, because, you know, we never know about Zoom. Zoom freezes. Um, right. So as long as you keep that tempo going, but, um, you know, no, but it's, it's, it's created that a dynamic and, you know, have, have people gone back to you and say like, I, I, do they just love it? Like, yeah, yeah. You ready for this? This is, this is kind of crazy. I've hosted a TV show for the past six years called Celebrity Sweat, which is a behind the scenes look at athletes and celebrities and their healthy lifestyles. Our only goal was to motivate and inspire people to live healthy lives. And it's gone really, really well. However, for any of you out there that have ever shot a TV show, there is a camera and you're looking into the camera, but you're not getting any feedback. There's no live audience waving to you or anything. It's just a, it's a one-way exchange. Zoom is better than hosting a TV show because guess what? Every time we're on Zoom, I can see you and you can see me. So if we're all working out together, not only as a trainer, can I correct you in real time? Like, uh, all right, Joseph, let's go a little higher. Oh, much better. Yes, much higher. But also I can comment on your haircut. I can mention that I like your shirt. I can show you something and listen to your reaction. There's a beautiful two-way exchange. So it's actually a more powerful medium for creating a worldwide community than television. You wouldn't think so, but it is. It's really cool. Well, yeah, you know what? Sometimes when you're in it, and that's what I did too. In the beginning, I started, I was doing Facebook live workouts and just doing it free, getting them, you know, helping people move and uh, squeezing in whenever I can. Cause fortunately I was still able to maintain some of my one-on-one clients, uh, through all this. And, right. and, but at the end, I was like, I needed that feedback. I needed that feedback because I was just talking to a camera and I, I so I created the zoom. Like I said, guys, we're going on zoom. This is the registration link. This is what we're going to do. And I got to see how things happen. I'm like, okay, Dude, okay, you do not pick up those 50-pound kettlebells and start doing jump squats right now. I guess, you know, like I know each one is like their capabilities and because I get personal with them in a way where I understand who's who. So I, I have a small group, but I'm able to say, okay, you focus on this, focus on this. Here's your modification. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, you get that, you know, like I, every time I, I work out with, with you and I, I see, I'm like, oh my, okay, he's going to spotlight me. Is Alicia going to spotlight me? Because by the way, like, uh, so a lot of times got, uh, listeners, when Eric trains, Alicia's in the background, like, uh, how would I say it? Directing the camera. She's the director. She is. She is a yeah. director. She's awesome, by the way. She's fantastic. And I love her energy as well. And, um, you know, but I see myself all of a sudden, I'm like, Oh my gosh, the spotlight's on me. Continue those push-ups. <laughs> and I'm doing these jet rep push-ups. By the way, jet rep is, you know, a small, it's not full flexion, not full contraction of the muscle. You're actually keeping the muscle engaged throughout the entire movement. And so I've been using that too, because when you're limited in equipment, you know, getting that muscle gain, that activation, going to muscle fatigue or muscle failure, that's the best way. Right. And I learned that from you as well. Jet rep, jet, the jet rep. So when it comes to the squat, the push-ups and but I always go in and I'm like, okay, 
okay, this was I'm at. what I'm going to do now. So I'm like, a hundred, we're doing these pulse push-ups. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't, I can't. And I'm like, okay, let me focus. And then boom, <laughs> at a hundred, I drop. But, That's awesome. and I, you know, yeah, but I love the way you just interact. And you know, like you talked about my elbows too one time. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, but that's the interaction. That's the interaction we want because right. that's how we get people coming back. I mean, and how have you, you know, so you have these one-on-one workouts, right? You, you, your focus, your experience is one-on-one, semi-private, right? but then you, you're thrown into this pool of group fitness. You're thrown into this pool of group fitness. Um, how, have you, how has it impacted your workout design, your workout programming? You know, um, I've had to do broad strokes. I'm a very specific guy. So I can take a normal man or woman and make them look physically transformed into something they're not within days, not months. And I do that not from broad strokes, but by, by being very specific. I look at you. I can imagine a better version of that. And I know what exercises to do right now that will deliver that today. I mean, mm-hmm. just as, as an example of that, I worked for years as the spokesperson for Gold's Gym worldwide. They sent me to India. They sent me all over the United States to train trainers in our methods. Well, one year at the convention, they actually gave me the head of all of Gold's gym at 11 o'clock in the morning, and they took a picture of him, and I had one hour until 12 noon to transform him, and they took a picture, and he looked so different that when he walked out on stage that night, they had the before and the after, the one-hour transformation on either side, and he walked out in the center. So I, I have that knowledge base, and I, I share that with trainers. I try to make trainers better all the time. With this program, it has to be uh, tailored to the full group, so I'm not as specific. So I'm like a sniper that now is using a shotgun to try to cover a wider plane. Mm-hmm. That being said, I get a lot of really positive reactions from both young and old for the workouts, I think because it's mixed very carefully with entertainment. I mean, we try to get a spectrum of different guests involved. We try to give away the very coolest prizes because there are lots of companies that love what we're doing. And they say, anything you need, if you need products, if you need any kind of prize, we'd love to provide it. And so we've had a lot of support. It's been great, man. We've actually received a lot of national and international television and magazine exposure on our Zoom workouts. I mean, how does that happen? It's so cool. Hey, it's the first time I'm on Los Angeles television. I was on KTLA, one of those screens, you know, in, in the Zoom video. Uh, yeah. It was really fun. I know. Yeah, pinpoint, find the Canadian in the KTLA uh, report. Dude, that should be like one of your contests on your website. You should say, find the Canadian and win a prize. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe I should do that. Definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And so you have two, uh, well, two main workouts right now in Morning Glory Lie, which are the Sleek Ninja and Lord of the Jungle. Right, so Sleep Ninja is a mat-based workout. You need no equipment at all. It's open and great for everybody. It just uses your body weight. You just need a mat, a bottle of water, and a big smile. It's so much fun. And then the Lord of the Jungle uh, workout is designed to help men and women transform into Tarzan and Jane. So it's light weights, exercise bands. And if you don't have any equipment at home, it's no problem because you can use a a one-gallon water jug to do one-arm rows. You can use two spaghetti cans to do shoulders. We we're very we have a great time with it. We're very creative. It's awesome. And then there's a third workout that we're going to drop in once in a while. We call that the Wolfpack workout. That's the most intense workout that's offered from us online, and it is it's intense. So sets of 100 push-ups, heavier weights, and uh, we go kind of crazy. The pacing is different, but being in the Wolfpack is about the highest. It's like the Green Beret. The, uh, you know, the, the few, the proud, the wolf back. It's cool. Oh, wow. Like, I always wondered, like, I saw the description. I was like, okay, how intense is it? And I'm picturing, like, plates and, like, I don't know what I was, I don't know what I was picturing. Oh, um, it's cool. It's intense. You should do it with us sometime. You'd love it, man. All right. If it's, uh, if it's on the website, I'll find it. We're going to hook up later and I'll uh, let me know the details and I'll, I'll be more than happy to try it out. If I, if, but if I'm on the floor, don't worry. <laughs> if I'm okay. It's an intense workout. It's an intense workout, but every time they do a good job, I praise them with this. Oh, I love it. It's good. Oh man, you know, and like, you know, there's some even my workouts. Like, uh, I teach a group class called Tactical Fit. So my inspiration, I don't know if uh, is uh, well, my mentor and friend Sergeant Ken, 
Uh, uh-huh. so if you're familiar with him, uh, he's been at CanFit Pro for a while. That's where we met. And I'm certified through, uh, through him as a senior tactical fitness instructor. So a lot wow. of the stuff were like, you know, more military style, but there is, it's, it's a program that's customized for civilians. Right. We're going, we're marching, we're doing like push-up squats within our capabilities, obviously, about pushing the limits. But then we go, okay, I, I would shout, are you fired up? And I, everybody would shout back, hoo-ah, and are you going to quit? Never. And there's always, by the end of the day, by the end of that, the workout, my voice is almost gone. But you create that I love, I love that guy. Sergeant Ken is the best. He's so cool. Yeah, you know what? He's like, he, he's up there, you know, in terms of the people who helped me uh, turn a corner in resilience. Um, before you knew me back before prior to 2013 i was low on the resilience tank and you know with depression and anger management and and you know trying to find a place to belong and when i attended the conference as a fitness enthusiast in 2013 mm-hmm. I, I, he was the first session i attended because my wife encouraged me to go see him and right. tell you I, I felt like i belonged it felt like i belonged and it it was how my fitness journey began. I became a fitness professional the year after. And the way I coach people is based on some of his, uh, most of his teachings, like in terms of resilience. So I'm not just talking, giving you, I'm not just going one, two, three, four. How do you feel? You know, right. put your mind's eye in the muscle, but how do you feel inside? Like, what are you grateful for? Being more resilient and finding these challenges, uh, well, create, taking these challenges and turning them into opportunities, how, as how he would put it. Um, so, you know, that's how I, I, I grow. And, and speaking of resilience, speaking of resilience, you have, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a time machine. I'm going to take mm-hmm. the, Delo- the, the DeLorean and go back. Uh, I'm not going to say how many years, <laughs> but you have an awesome story of resilience, of resilience. You, you know, you were, you know, Eric Fleischman growing up in rural Maine, but yes. you weren't into fit, you were not necessarily into fitness and you had a quite a, uh, a few obstacles to overcome in, in your younger years. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a small town in rural Maine, uh, not far from Canada. And uh, for whatever reason, I was a very, very small kid, physically mm-hmm. small. And it, usually that's no big, it's no big deal. But there were some bullies there. And there were some tough kids there, sort of the sons of lumberjacks. And above and beyond all that stuff, all the girls I wanted to make out with were way taller than me. They looked like they could be my babysitter instead of my girlfriend. So it was a little challenging. And I think my dad realized I was going to be short for a long time because when I turned 10, he took, my, took me to my first martial arts class. And I began studying Shotokan karate at age 10. It was a real turning point for me because not only did it give me confidence to handle situations that I had previously been a little scared about, but also it opened me up to the notion of exercise in a more regimented form. And also I was the only kid in that class. So when I did do some light sparring, it was against men and grown women. And so uh, I, I think I previously, before that, I'd been a little frightened of physical confrontation. But you know, when you start to, uh, to practice with people that you know are not gonna kick your ass, it actually builds your confidence. And uh, I continued, I got my black belt and it was great. And uh, it's, it started a lifelong passion for martial arts that actually I, I never stopped. I now have three black belts. Um, I've been doing martial arts now for over 41 years. I've taught on every level at, at, with SWAT teams in the police department, in the sheriff's department. Um, I've stopped confrontation in the street before. Uh, I mean, I love martial arts so much. I don't love the martial arts, or I'm sorry, I don't love the martial aspect as much as I love the arts. I love the lifestyle, the yin and the yang, the movements, the asymmetrical movements. And when you couple that with the fitness stuff that we do, it's a pretty unstoppable force. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was a short, small kid who uh, played in the marching band. I actually smashed the cymbals together, so I didn't have a lot of musical talent back then. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was, looking back, it was a very happy place to live because in, in a rural town in Maine, there's not a lot of crime or drugs or any of that crazy stuff, which I never got into. And uh, yeah, looking back, I love going back to Maine. I go back to Maine every single mm-hmm. summer to see my family, they still live up there. And it's wild, it's wild to go back and see all these guys that used to be big and strong. Now they're short and old. And I'm like, what happened? Come on. So that's it, you just use that and you're like, okay, I'm coming back, uh, use that as motivation, as a drive. Oh yeah, yeah, to- yeah. I mean, Joseph, I can tell you a funny story. On my 20th high school reunion, 20 years, so I was 
38 years old. I came back with the intention of finding the bullies that used to bother me and kicking their ass. Like that's, I'm not a very aggressive or mean guy, but I really wanted to tell those guys that I didn't appreciate what they had done, you know, 22 years beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I go into the big events and people, you know, it's filled with people. I don't recognize anyone. And, uh, cause everyone's changed and they don't know who I am at all. No one recognizes anyone. And not until you start reading the name tags, do you say, Oh, that guy was in my English class. That guy was in my social studies class. And we start to see each other. And it's amazing. Nobody can, they can't believe it's me. Cause I was like that tall. And you know, I used to run under tables to get things. Like if someone dropped the pencil underneath the table, I could just run under there and hand it to them. Um, and, and I never saw the bullies there. And so I kind of gave up looking for the bullies at this big event. And then about two hours later, people were now dancing. There was a DJ there. I saw these three old, short, fat, balding guys in the back who were just sort of like enjoying themselves. I mean, they looked like someone's grandfather. And I went back. Those were the three bullies at age 38. They looked like they were in their 60s. They had no idea who I was. And I thought, wow, if this is not a message from father time, that it all works out sometimes. I don't know what is. So I just waved to them. I said, hello. I didn't even introduce myself. They had no idea who I was. And uh, I did not throw them through the wall like I had promised. Oh, gosh. But, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, we, you know, I used to be bullied too. But for the opposite reason, I was tall. I was the really? tallest kid in my class. And I remember showing up at this brand new school. And, uh, I was in grade two. So I was about roughly seven or eight years old. Uh-huh. And people would pick on me because... I was tall. So if they would, I remember the story, like, I, I don't want to go like into a sad, like, <laughs> uh, how would I say in a sad mood right now? But no, but just to say, like, people would say, you know, like, we're talking about a story about a T-Rex, right? And everybody would say my name out loud and look at me, make fun of me. Or really? would say, Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was short. I was like, maybe I was, I don't know how tall I was. I wasn't keeping track. But by the time I hit 12, I was 5'10". Five, you know, five eleven. I'm I'm six one now. I I, I kind of say six two sometimes, but no, I'm at six one. And you know what changed for me? My height came uh, at an advantage for me because I was never in, I was into basketball, but I wasn't into basketball until I hit high school. So high school where I grew up, I grew up in Montreal, so not far from Maine, by the way. Uh-huh. So a lot of people go to uh, from Montreal go to Maine, and I think Cape Cod is it right? Uh, and I, 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 the coach there, so this was grade seven. So high school goes from grade seven to grade 11. And the coach asks me, you should try out for the team. So, okay. So I knew I had, you know, I knew how to dribble a ball in order to throw, but a throw, but shoot a ball. But like, you know, I didn't know the te- proper techniques and that's where I started picking it up. And it came to my bench. My height came to my bench. I was still, I was, I was second stringer. I was on the bench, but when my second year came around, I was a captain of my team, you know, I led my team to championships and I kept on moving, you know, moving up. And I'm like, you know what, this is, I'm using what I, you know, what I thought used to be a disadvantage to my advantage. And right. now who, who cares now? Now I'm, I'm working out. I'm, you know, I lost, you know, in the past seven years. So when you met me, I was actually close to 200, uh, 205, right? We're talking wow. about five years ago. Over the course of eight years, I lost about 40 pounds. So on my wedding day, 2011, I'll sh- I could show you a picture later. Okay. I was 230 pounds. And until I, you know, got into fitness and I started understanding the concepts of metabolic conditioning and, 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 and also nutrition and, and sleep. And, I, and progressively, I started losing it. I didn't go for like that, those fad crash diets where it right. only lasts a short period of time. So... And progressively, I saw it happening. And, you know, that's where I am now. And that's, and, you know, but it's the journeys that define us, you know, good or bad. The, the way that we, re, you know, it's how we respond that define who we are. I agree. I agree, yeah. man. Well, I'll tell you, Joseph, you set an excellent example for others. And uh, I can tell you that if and when I come back to the CanFit Pro, I'm hanging out with you the whole time. We'll have a good time. Oh, man. No, definitely. We're going to go out for pizza. And <laughs> And, but you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I saw last year, I saw Billy, Billy Blanks, uh, wow. founder of Tybo, by the way, folks, uh, just in case you didn't know. Uh, and I was like, man, I should, I should have hit up Eric when he was in town, you know, like touring with, uh, 
you know, with Def Leppard. I was like, oh, man, because you were in Toronto for a little bit. I and was. I, we always have a great time in Toronto. For whatever reason, work takes me to Toronto a lot. And we always stay at the same place, which is the Four Seasons right there in Toronto. It's so beautiful. And one of my biggest competitors here in Los Angeles, we're, we're actually friends. We're not, we're not enemies. But we do compete for the same types of jobs is a trainer named Harley Pasternak. You know Harley? Mm. Oh, yeah, so, I've met him. Yeah, so I actually just ironically ran into Harley's parents in the gym at the Four Seasons when I was training Def Leppard. And I said, wow, your son is such a great guy. He and I get a chance to hang out sometimes in Los Angeles. And they couldn't believe it. They thought, what a small world. It was really cool. I love Canada. I think Toronto is my favorite city in all of North America. Oh, wow. All North America after Los Angeles yeah. and... And uh, where you've equipped Dude, in North America. I think Toronto is my favorite. City. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. No, thank Plus you. You guys have Drake. That's kind of cool. Oh yeah. We have, yeah, we have Drake here and yeah, you can, well, obviously, and we got a, we got a few good people. And what Sean Mendez too, right? Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> and Justin Bieber. Well, just outside <laughs> of Toronto, <laughs> but uh, you know, like, so I want to understand too, you have this, and there's always something else you taught on, uh, on one of your posts, social media, a long time ago about sleep, about the quality of sleep. And, and for some reason, it's stuck in my head, going to bed before 12, uh, before midnight. So between 10 and 12, like sh- going to sleep, not like shutting down at 11 o'clock or whatever it is. It's like you're in the bed, everything's shut down by 10, 11 o'clock. Now, right. what's this, what, like, how did you, like, what's, what are the benefits of that? You know, versus, you know, getting that, going to bed at one. And waking up at nine, for example. Good question. Well, I think it, if we walk it back two steps, people come to me not for my jokes and definitely not for my good looks. They come to me for result. They come to me because they need a desired result and they don't really have uh, very much leeway. They're either going to transform into this character and make $10 million or they're not and they will not make any money. It's, a, it's sort of a have and a have not. So they come to me for result. If I, as a trainer, as a coach, needs to, need to deliver a result, I need to understand the science behind it. So the, the very science of change is only three things. It's exercise, it's diet, and it's sleep. But of those three things, hold on one second. Of those three things, the most important is actually sleep. And I'll tell you why. Sleep is when all physical transformation occurs. All physical changes occur exclusively during slumber. And so when you sit down with a celebrity, I don't care if it's an actor or a rock star, and you examine those three things, exercise, diet, and sleep, you know, if they worked out with me, the exercise is taken care of. From a diet perspective, I can tell them what to have, or I can actually call my pals at Sunfair. Sunfair is the food delivery service that we use here in Hollywood. All of our celebrities use it all the time. I make one phone call. Everything is delivered the next day fresh, daily, organic, mm. portioned out. Like there's no, like there's no messing up because it's right there and it is delicious. I actually eat that stuff all the time too. But the, the X factor, the one way that they can do something where it won't work out is sleep. The hours that you're actually asleep before midnight are worth nearly twice as much as the hours after midnight. Meaning that if there were two Josephs, by the way, I would like both of these Josephs because I like Josephs from Canada. In general, if there were two and one of them went to bed asleep at 10 and woke up at six or seven and the other one stayed up till one in the morning and woke up around nine or 10, the one that went to bed earlier would change faster, would look better, would have less puffy eyes, would have a better metabolism. There's a big difference. And if you think I'm wrong, I challenge you for seven days to be in bed, lights out at 10 o'clock. Now to do that, you do have to set up your life a little bit differently. I'd like you to also stop eating all food at 6.30 at night, because if you stop eating all solid food at 6.30, by the time 9.30 or 10 rolls around, you're going to feel tired because ultimately your body is a machine and that machine needs fuel. Without fuel, you'll feel tired. In this case, we we want you to give into the tiredness and be in bed asleep by 10. If you do that for one week, you'll be like, Eric and Joseph are the Batman and Robin of fitness. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, no, and, and I agree. Like, I, I, I see the difference myself. And I always tell my clients, like, 
Go to bed at this time. If you work a nine to five job or an eight to five job, obviously, if you work a night shift, that's different. It's, the, it's, it's a different um, world in itself. But when you go to bed at that time, um, if you go late, your body kind of, I kind of believe, and this is my assumption based on my experience, is your body goes right. into survival mode. And it's slowing down the metabolism to retain all the energy because the body's like, oh my gosh, I got to stay up longer. So let me hold right. on to this. And that's my rationale behind, okay, go to bed early. Your body's like, okay, I don't need it. Slow, everything's slowing down. I don't need all this energy. But if you're up partying till 2 a.m., you know, it's going to say, okay, I'm going to slow down, but I got to retain the energy in order to feed, to keep you up. Yes. Well, you know, for 10 years in a row, I vacationed in Hawaii every year at the same place. And I would usually go there for between seven to 10 days. And the, the pace in Hawaii is so slow and so relaxing. All I would do is wake up every morning, have a very healthy breakfast, wander over to the gym, have a giant workout, then play with my son on the beach for a few hours, have dinner, and then go to sleep early. I'll tell you, in seven to 10 days every year, I would go from about 231 or 232 when I arrived on the island. When I landed back in Los Angeles, I would always be at least 10 pounds, if not 12 pounds heavier, and my waist did not budge because all I was doing is eating super healthy foods, working out, and sleeping my ass off. It was unbelievable. I'm actually looking right now at hosting some retreats and getaways with some of the people from Morning Glory Live joining me where I would take them to Hawaii. We would stay at a beautiful place. We would work out together live and in person each day. And then we would uh, have healthy food and then go to sleep early. I'll tell you, it's, it's, that's where your cortisol levels get really, really low because there's no stress. You're actually relaxed. Your body can express itself. Your mind is clear. Those kinds of resets are really important. Oh, man. That, that sounds great, that retreat. I, I don't mind going to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, man, have, I'm there. I'm there. Some, the other place that we go a lot, and, and I usually go there three or four times a year, we go to Budapest three or four times a year. We do the same thing over there. You know, the greatest gym in, in Eastern Europe is in Budapest. It's called Flex Gym. It's where Arnold Schwarzenegger worked out for the new Terminator that was so good. It's where Dwayne Johnson worked out for a year before Hercules. Flex Gym in Budapest is the greatest gym in Europe. And I train all of my celebrity clients because we shoot a lot of TV shows and movies in Budapest. So I go over there, I stay at the beautiful Marriott right on the, right on the water, mm. and we, we train at the gym. It is amazing. Like, you should come with me to Budapest. You'll never come back to Canada. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the food's great, and the American dollar is strong. So I can take – I took out, actually, an entire cast of a movie that I was training uh, to a fancy dinner at a place called Jean George, which is a fancy Italian restaurant. I took them out, and it cost me under $300 for everyone. It was crazy. Whoa. Well, that's amazing. Like here, yeah, always you come, you come to Canada, you're, you're, you're going to get a lot for the dollar too at the same time. I but <laughs> I love Canada. I'm going to come up there and hang out with you. I love Toronto. Hey, I would love to host you. You got to awesome. you know, come on down or hang out. Uh, we'll get a workout in. Hey, how about I put you through one of my workouts? <laughs> that sounds great, man. That'd be awesome. I would love it. I would I love, love it. it. That would be awesome. Oh man. So yeah. And a couple of more things. And I, you know, like we talk about exercise, nutrition, sleep. There's another one, mindfulness. And I find that mindfulness, being mindful, practicing meditation, not, not, I'm not talking about, you know, sitting in silence, but also just being present helps with, you know, with fitness, with overall fitness, because we're talking about, you know, reducing stress, you know, that elevates those cortisol levels that, you know, create that little belly that we're trying to get right. rid of, right? right. Um, have, do you incorporate some form of mindfulness with your, uh, with your clients? I would say that a third of my clients admit to me after the first year of training with me that the, the discussions that we have uh, are the most important part of the workouts for them. So to answer your question, yes. And I'm glad you used the word present because I think a lot of your listeners and viewers may not be aware of this, but this is a fact. Many people that you see every day are caught in their heads. They're not living in present time. They're not sharp and they don't understand what's happening here because they're thinking about things in the past that bothered them that they wish they could do differently or things that are going to be happening in the future that they're worried about. They're not living in present time. And so a great trainer, as opposed to a good trainer, a great trainer like Joseph 
will actually engage the client in conversation and discussion, which begins to stimulate those cognitive abilities for both mm. clarity and vision, where no longer do they have anxiety about the future, but they have excitement about the future. And suddenly, the workout that you're doing with someone like Joseph begins to mirror the things that will happen in the future. So your preparation for your body and watching your body expand can actually be a, a dichotomy, just like looking mm -hmm. at your business or your personal life or the projects that you have in your life. And you can see how if I'm successful with my body here with someone like Joseph, I can be successful in my work, in my personal life, in the same way, being constructive. And, and that takes mental clarity. But before you have mental clarity, you have to get them to present time. It's a very, very powerful word you use, Joseph. That was excellent. Oh, well, thank you. No, I, and that's why, that's why I call it the Mindfully Resilient Podcast because mindfulness and resilience are pretty much the, a big part of my journey in fitness and in life as a, uh, as a human, right? <laughs> as a human being. Um, sometimes even the workouts, uh, I talk about where people are afraid to go to the gym or don't follow through with their goals, you know, like the, the New Year's resolutioners that go to the gym and leave after a month because there's intimidation because they can only curl, let's say 10 pounds, you know, whereas the person next to them is curling 40 or 50. And so they feel right. intimidated. But I just say, what if you're mindful about your workout, you're present, you, you're actually put your minds out, you're looking at the bicep, you're feeling the bicep move and contract with, you know, with every movement. And you, before you know it, when you're mindful and not focusing on the person beside you, you're focusing on the exercise, you'll see that you'll actually reach that 40 pounds in no time. And I always remind people, the only competition is the person staring right back at you in the mirror. I'm not talking about yeah. the person standing beside you and looking, using as a <laughs> as a reflection, <laughs> but you know, well, that's it. That's it. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, we're all, we're always caught up in our heads. And um, I think when we have established our relationship with our emotions and our thoughts, you mm -hmm. know, you know, we can achieve greatness and our workouts are maximized as well because there's nothing worse I than totally going agree. to a workout. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger discusses something that he calls visualization. And that's the next level beyond the mind muscle connection. Obviously when you're doing bicep curls, we want you to think about what's happening and you, we want you to feel the contraction at the top feel the slow negative release of that contraction as the weight comes down. But even beyond that, visualization, which Arnold used his entire competitive bodybuilding career, imagines that that bicep is actually a mountain peak where people go skiing. Moi, je fais du ski, Yes, they go skiing there. And, and that's something that gives you an edge also. So it's, it's not only engaging in present time with what you're doing and being involved, it's also imagining a best case scenario. And many people I have found in my career, whether they go through life or their relationships or work, they never stop for a second and fantasize what a best case scenario would be of any situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, you wake up in the morning, you're walking down the street, you're going to work. Maybe you don't like your work. What would a best case scenario be at work? Like, describe to me what the best day at this job that you don't like would be. Because if it's not extraordinary, you should probably get another job. I mean, here's another question, even beyond that. If I gave you $100 million, so you no longer have to work for money, and you could do anything you wanted to, what would you do? Because whatever you're going to say after you think for a minute, that should be your job. If you'd rather go to the movies, come to Hollywood. There are a lot of jobs in the entertainment business around film. And people love it. There are screenwriters and gaffers and makeup artists and actors and composers and directors and producers. And I train them all, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying follow your passions. Make your passion your work and you'll never work a day in your life. It changes the game. Oh, man, that's, you know, that's a powerful message. And I agree with you because it took a layoff for me to fulfill my passion and to fulfill and pursue fitness full time. Um, okay. So last question I have for you last, I have so many, I have so many, but you know, we can go on for, like I said, for hours, what's next for you? Big, hairy, what's your, what's a big, hairy, audacious goal, a BHAG for you this year? Um, well, what's next for me, and, uh, I have not announced this in a public way yet, but it just can't, it just happened was. Um, with, the, with the rise of fitness entertainment, 
a lot of new opportunities have come my way. And so I felt it was important to take advantage of those opportunities, um, both inside the gym and outside the gym. So I secretly established a production company. And, uh, you know, when I go back to see my parents and I go on the local news there and I see the, the governor who's from my hometown, they always tease me because I'm a, for, for where I'm from in Maine, I'm a big, strong guy. So they call me the Maine monster. So uh, as of last week, Maine Monster Productions was established. We got the name, we got the logo, we got the .com. And so I'm really excited to announce that we're going to have a full roster of fitness entertainment programming in three different divisions. We're going to have online programming like Morning Glory Live, my show, which launches tomorrow. We're also going to have Morning Glory Live uh, in tandem in Spanish. So we, one of the guys that works for me who speaks Spanish beautifully is going to be teaching Morning Glory Live Espanol. I'm producing that also. And we have a bunch of other online shows that we're going to be doing all under the main monster banner. Also, we have some legit TV shows. I've been, uh, I hosted a TV show for six years here in America uh, called Celebrity Sweat. But I've been developing other television properties, which will make their ways to the airwaves. Um, and I'm going to help produce them. So that way I can maintain some creative control and really deliver for the highest level of fitness entertainment. Um, the first one that's coming out of the gate that we start shooting in two weeks, ready for this? I'm the executive producer of Lou Ferrigno's new TV show called The Reset Plan. And so Lou and his daughter, Shauna, and I are going to be working closely together to create this great show, and we're going to sell it into a network. And it's going to be great. That'll be under the main monster uh, logo also. And, uh, and then we have a film project that we're in contractual stages for. So we'll have three divisions of this great production company. And I'm hoping to bring a lot of exciting new fitness entertainment programming to the world. Oh, okay. So hold on a sec. Am I getting this right? Did you just first announce it here on the podcast? I did. You guys got an exclusive. Oh, wow. This is, oh, I'm honored. I'm seriously honored. Wow. Okay. Public announcement right here. Main, what main monster productions. Oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. I'm so excited. And, uh, like I said, we have all these projects that have already initiated. So it's, it's an exciting, it's a, it's an exciting oh. time. And uh, my goal is, is to motivate and inspire people through both entertainment and fitness, you know, which essentially becomes a lifestyle. And uh, we're going to have all these new vehicles to, to do it. It's going to be mm. great. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm legitimately honored right now. So uh, for those of you listening right now, I'm like, smiling i got this like little i would say uh quote-unquote fanboy smile <laughs> <laughs> um all right so how can people connect with you like facebook and website well you know i'm on social media and, I, and you can dm me and i'm sure i'll get back to you so instagram facebook and twitter i'm at eric the trainer or if you want to work out with me on a daily basis if you go to morningglorylive.com you can actually sign up. It's a very, very low subscription price to work out with me five days a week. We have celebrity guests. We have great music. We have amazing puppets. It's so much fun. The workouts are huge. We have a bunch of surprises in store for everyone. And we launch tomorrow. So check out morningglorylive.com. And hopefully I'll see you guys. Boom. On Zoom. Well, thank you very much. So Eric, I, I had a great conversation. Amazing. Thank you for joining me today. And, thank you, man. Uh, Joseph, you're the best, man. Oh, man, I had a great time. And, uh, well, yeah, we'll chat soon. All right. Sounds yeah, so. good, man. Thanks again for the opportunity. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I truly appreciate it, man. And, you know, like, hey, if you ever <laughs> ever want, like, a, a guy to help lead a warm-up or something or jump in, you know, be your Canadian correspondent, I'm more than okay. happy to, to, to jump in, man. That sounds awesome, man. Keep up the good work. Thank you for everything. And I'll see you tomorrow morning. Well, thank you. And I'll, yeah, I'll see you in the, well, for me in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, take care, dude. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, wow. What a fantastic conversation. Such an amazing time. I'm so honored and blessed to have had Eric join me on today's podcast. I mean, episode 20 of the Mindfully Resilient Podcast. Such a... Uh, an amazing time, so full of gratitude. Now, let me ask you this. Are you going to take on the challenge? Are you going to maximize your sleep? Go to bed early tonight? 
you know, catch some Z's, be in bed and have everything shut down by 10 o'clock, give it a shot. I mean, it's worth making one change. I mean, I, for myself, I know that June is a month where I'm going to make some changes in my daily habits. One of them was not look at social media every morning. When I wake up, no social media. I only look at my phone just to check my messages to ensure that my clients are good to go for the morning. And that's it. Get ready for the day and and look at social media later. There's a time and place for that. So are you going to take on the challenge? Let me know. Send me a message or uh, post a pic of you listening to this episode and on Instagram, on social media and hashtag mindfully resilient. And let me know what you think. And after seven days, let, let me know how you feel. It would be awesome. And if you're enjoying the podcast, and if you've been listening to the podcast since episode one, first off, thank you. Second, please, don't stop, hit the stop button yet. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down until you get to the their star review. Hit five star and leave a great comment or review. It would mean the world to me and I'm much appreciated. And will let me know that I am on track delivering inspiring content for you every time. And if you know somebody who needs to, a good smile and just listen to some positivity, share this episode with them. So coming up in the next few episodes, we're going to have some amazing guests. I'm not going to spoil it now, but stay tuned. So with that said, thank you very much once again for tuning in for the past 20 episodes. And I'm looking forward to spending another 20 more with you. And remember to live every day with joy, curiosity, and passion. <laughs>